When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Don Amaro, and this is Through the Fire, a podcast about overcoming adversity, reframing misfortune, and celebrating courage. On this show, you're going to meet some really incredible people who have been through some heavy stuff, but they've come through the other side, and the hope is that you're encouraged and inspired by the words that you hear. I'm Don Amaro, and I've got my guest today, Kelsey Kulik, uh, all the way from Edmonton, Alberta today. Kelsey, how are you? I'm great. Um, you know, just uh, doing music and being a mom and just doing the thing. What about you? I'm doing music and being a dad. Uh, Love and it. Uh, it's a real juggle sometimes. You know, like I've been saying this lately, too, is that, you know, it's it's busy no matter what. Like if I'm busy with music or I'm busy at home, there's no in between. It's kind of always, always busy. I bet you would say the same. Oh my goodness. Totally. Like I was just thinking about it, um, this morning when I was getting ready and I was like, I just released, uh, my new single called ain't enough whiskey. Mm -hmm. And my sister, my family is super amazing for, you know, because I have my 18 month old son Wilder. And, uh, I was thinking like, man, you know, like there's always something. So when ain't enough whiskey was about to come out, my sister graciously took my son for four days, um, because Eric's also busy as well. My husband in music and doing a bunch of stuff. Right. So we are always like chickens with our heads cut off. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I was just thinking that like, man, you know, like we've just not stopped and it's been amazing. Right. But it's like, mm -hmm. oh, like I would love to just like sit and do nothing with like my family for like a week. But that's just like not that's just not our reality right now. It is wild how when you have a kid and you're a musician, I feel like it's just it's a wild ride. Well, especially like, uh, you know, we're entrepreneurs, so we're always trying to create our our path in some ways. Right. And so part of that is, is I'm, at least my perspective, a lot of the time has been if I slow down, then then what? You know, because there's yeah. no like there's no CEO up above me that's sort of dictating how things will run. So it's really up to us to decide the, the path ahead. Oh, totally. I even find like when I do have some time off, I'm like, constantly thinking, okay, what can I do for social media? Or like, oh, I like I have this idea for this song. And like, when am I going to be able to sit down and write this? Or, you know, I should reach out to this person, we should get a write on the books. And it's just, yeah, you are always thinking, which is great. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it can be like a little bit overwhelming sometimes for sure. It's a double edged sword, I think. Yeah. And you know, the word balance comes to mind all the time for me of trying to find that the, the in between, you know, like there are seasons when my career is just all in and it's everything. And then there are seasons when it's all family and all, you know, and I've kind of just coming out of that now where it's been like two months of just dad life and it's mm -hmm. been great, but it's been cloudy. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's the way I describe it. Yeah. Um, Wilder, that's a great name for, for you. Uh, your boy. Where does yeah. that come from? Where does that name Wilder come from? Honestly, it's there's no like story behind it. Eric and I were really not, we were not agreeing on names for boys. I find boys are a lot harder. Like we thought we were going to have a girl. So we had like five girl names picked ready to go. Like, you know, and then when we found out we were having a boy, it took us probably right up until, well, it took us right up until he was born to know 
to decide what we were going to name him. And I saw this online, this name on like a little board on somebody's social media. It was like, you know, on uh, the For You page or whatever. So it wasn't anybody that I knew. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that name. Like, that's just so great country. Yeah. Right. And like, (laughs) and Eric's middle name is James. And, um, I was like, Wilder James. That is mm. the coolest cowboy name I've ever heard. Total and cowboy. You, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. And we, uh, you know, we're both in country music. And and I was just like, oh, no, we have to. Like, you know. Is he uh, wild? Oh, he's wild. <laughs> yes. He constantly gives me, like, you know, heart attacks during the day because he's, like, right. you know, all over everything. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. It's... I My oldest boy, his name is Oscar. And Oscar oh, means um, spear of God. Oh, I love uh, that. And, and another definition is um, see, uh, God's secret weapon. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've oft, I've often kind of described him as my little secret weapon. I love uh, that. And he is he is crazy fun and crazy crazy, uh, <laughs> and and he he definitely in terms of like testing us as parents uh mm-hmm. he's definitely given us the most run for our money oh my goodness. Uh, but he's been uh he's he's incredible and, and it's funny our kids live up to their namesake in a way and um so and i was like wilder uh-oh <laughs> i know i know you know and i'm such like a like meaning person right and i remember right. when i like it was between two names and like I, I just didn't love the second name that we had and i was like i love the name wilder i think it's so cool like i've never heard anybody named wilder before and uh and then I was like, oh, he could be a real wild child, though. And that might, like, mm. you know, bite me in the butt later on down the road. But we just went with it. And I'm like, yeah, he's totally living up to his name already. <laughs> have you have you written him a song? Oh, yes. Yeah, I've actually written him two, three songs. Um, when uh, we first found out we were having a boy, I was like, man, you know, it's, like, so wild. Because there's so many female country singers with, like, sons and and children. And I find that it's like very few and far between that you can find songs written about their kids, you know? And Mm -hmm. I just think that's so interesting because when I became a mom, I was like, you know, I was scared at first when I found out that I was pregnant. I was like, my career's over. I put everything else in my life on the back burner to chase this dream of mine. And, uh, I was like, it was really, really hard on me mentally because I was like, you know, you you hear all the time that once you have kids, especially as a woman, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how, how it was for you, but for me anyways, I've been told my whole life that, you know, don't have kids because if you do, nobody's going to take you seriously and nobody's going to think you can do it. And I definitely, when I got pregnant, like the people, some of the people that I was working with told me, well, you know, like you're going to be a mom now and you know, it's, you're going to have a really hard fight and like, you know, do you want to do this anymore? You know, all this sort of stuff. And I was just like, all these people around me are telling me I'm not going to be able to do it. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this, you know? And so I wrote this song called Your Heart and I wrote it for Eric and Wilder. And, um, Mm. And then when he was born, I wrote uh, That Boy's Mother. And like, I was sitting down writing the song and I'm just bawling my eyes out, crying. 100% like pouring from my heart, right? And um, that's a song that I want to record like immediately because it's just, I feel like it has, um, I feel like anybody can relate to that song. And I think it's really Mm. important. We need more songs out there for our kids, you know, because um, they are a huge inspiration. Well, you know, when you asked me what it was like for me, uh, you're you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, the reality is uh, for moms, I mean, the baby 
lives off the mother for so long, right? And it's kind of, kind of like that. That's like, I was able to continue working. I mean, I took some time away, but not a lot. You know, I was still able to kind of go do my music thing and, and yeah. without being needed by a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think I think that the game is changing. I think that the, the antiqu- it's an antiquated thought now to think that, you know, mothers can't still kind of have successful careers and whatever it is, the adventure they're, they're you know, going towards. And um, I'm just so glad that you didn't believe the naysayers, you know, and you're still still kind of moving on and and doing big things. Yeah. You know, thank you. And me too. I'm glad that I didn't. And you know, I have to like attribute a lot of that to my husband because Eric was like, you're not giving up on yourself. You know, like he really had to be like my cheerleader when I was Mm. not my cheerleader at all. Cause I'd be like, I think I'm just going to be a stay at home mom now, you know, like it's going to be really hard. And I'd love being with Wilder and all this sort of stuff. And, and he's like, there are working moms all over the world that are super successful, that are still great moms. You can do this, you know? And so three months Mm. after Wilder was born, we were in the studio recording the next couple songs that were, that were my singles that, you know, and so it, uh, thank God for my husband. (laughs) Like we said a few minutes ago, like you can carve your own path and just because other people don't see it, uh, I think that doesn't mean that it doesn't still can't exist for you. And, um, I, I'm, I'm trying, uh, my best in, in my area of, in the line of work that I do to dismantle in some ways, sort of antiquated ways of thinking and, and trying to like, especially, you know, it's a man's world. It's been built for men by men, you know, and all those things. And I'm trying to like, I want to be a man that's as as best I can to create more equal platforms and creating space for everybody to feel like kind of no matter your, your gender or your, your age, or no matter where you are in in life, that, that everybody has value. And I'm trying to, uh, my wife is really, um, really for that kind of, uh, she's actually, she's not, not only for that, but also kind of encouraging me to take those steps. She's, she's about to read a book. I can't remember the title at the moment. Um, that talks about how there's so many things within our society that were constructed by men Mm -hmm. for men and they, they, they didn't have women's stature in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, like for instance, a, a piano, a piano was built for a man's body and a man's size without thinking about the size of the, you know, the stature of a woman, uh-huh. unless we know and are educated about the things that, that are out there. Um, you can't really make changes. So I want to learn these things mm-hmm. and I want to try to my best to, to change them. And, and being a, being a mom, uh, uh, you know, as a musician, I think that's, that, that's, you could do it. Thank and I'm you. glad that you are. Thanks. And also yeah. thank you for, for being the person that you are and, and, uh, wanting to make more of an equal playing ground, because I think that's absolutely, you know, incredible of you. And for you to be aware of that is just wonderful. So thank you. Trying, trying my best. Always trying um, to get better, I, right? <laughs> always. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I wanted to ask you going back in time, I know your story, uh, a part of it from what I've read, Mm -hmm. that you had a a struggle and a battle with cancer a number of years ago in your high school life. Would you be willing to go back there with with us and talk about some of that journey for you? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, How old were you when you were diagnosed with cancer? So I was at the end, like I was 17, almost 18. That's a big time. So you were in, you were ready to graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, so, uh, I was born and raised in Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. And then when I was 16, my mom stepped out and, uh, wanted to, they had job opportunities in Slave Lake, Alberta. And so my sister and I moved with them and, um, my dad state was in Hudson Bay. And, uh, so I went to high school. I went grade 11 and grade 12 in Slave Lake. And, um, you know, I was a super healthy kid. My mom's like, you know, she's always trying to feed us some new sort of 
herbal something or other that is like, you know, she's very healthy and we were always lived a very healthy lifestyle. I was in every sport that you could imagine. I was captain of the basketball and volleyball team um, in grade 11 and 12. And so I was in my grade 12 year. And um, I remember that uh, my school had put on this trip to go to China and um, I didn't go, but I, I stayed. And then the, you know, people in my class came back that went to China and they all like had caught in a, a cold on the way back and um, everybody was super sick. And so I ended up catching that cold and, um, and like everybody's cold went away in like a week of coming back and mine just didn't go away. Mine was getting worse mm. and worse and worse. And uh, I, you know, started to have hard time breathing and, um, you know, I wasn't able to like be as energetic in my sports. I lost like 20 pounds in a month and I was always in really good shape. So I didn't have 20 pounds to lose. Right. And then I started getting these mm. night sweats. And so like, you know, for like two months we were going back and forth to the doctors and the doctors were like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, and then they started telling me, well, you know, maybe you have anorexia. Like, are you eating? And, and I was eating like a horse. Like I was eating like all the donuts <laughs> that you could eat at Tim Hortons. Seriously. Like I would drive all, the, all donuts. the donuts. Like, and I was like, I don't have anorexia, but then you know how, like when people start telling you things that can kind of play with your head. Right. I was like, maybe I am. Maybe I right. do. Like, well, I don't know. Like I've never been like that before, right. but you know, and so anyways, it just kind of kept on getting worse and worse and worse. And my mom was like getting really upset at the doctors because I was getting blood tests and all this sort of stuff and they were coming back fine. You know, they told my mom that she had a perfectly healthy 17 year old daughter. My mom was just like, you know, she's really spiritual. She's like kind of witchy. You know, my sister and I call my mom a witch because she always knows things, right? <laughs> she's like a psychic or something, you know, it was like two months after we'd been going back and forth to the doctor and my mom was just kind of like at her wits end. And so was I. And, and, uh, so my mom was sleeping one night and she had this dream. My mom loves horses. And in this dream, this lady was brushing this horse and this horse was choking. And that's how I felt all the time is that I was choking. You know, this lady turned around, she's brushing this horse. And she says to my mom, go get her chest x-rayed. And, and then my mom just like woke up from her dream. And like, this is real. Like, this is a real story. Like, this is not, she didn't lie. She woke up at three o'clock. Mm -hmm. She turns to my stepdad. She's like, we have to go get, we have to make an appointment right now to go get her chest x-ray. And like my stepdad, who's very not spiritual and very like by the book type of person, science brain, he's mm -hmm. like, well, okay, but it's like 3.30 in the morning, Karen, like just, you know, call in the morning. And so um, I was doing work at, at the hospital and I was doing it that day. And so my mom called the doctor. She said, listen, I know you think that I'm crazy and that my daughter's healthy, healthy is what you think. Um, but if you can just get her chest x-rayed for me today, like I'll leave you alone. And if it comes back, like, you know, everything's good, I'll leave you alone. So I went to go to work ed. And then after my work ed, I went to the x-ray place, got my chest x-rayed. Two hours later, they called my mom, said, Hey, bring Kelsey here after school. We found something and we want to talk to you about it. And my mom was like, okay. And yeah, like how wild is that from that dream? If my mom didn't have that dream, like who knows what would have happened. Right. Um, and so we went to the doctor and he's there. They were like, we found, um, a mass, but we don't know what it is. Like, you know, and so we weren't thinking cancer like at all, you know? So they're like, go to the emergency in Edmonton and you ask for a CT scan, we'll send your papers there. And so we drove three and a half hours to Edmonton from Slave Lake. And um, we got into emergency, they did a CT scan on me. 
And like, you know, we stayed overnight in the hospital and then in the morning, the doctor comes, he's like, oh, you have a type of lymphoma. And I was like, oh, what kind of cold is that? Like, that's what I thought, right? Because that's how like not I was thinking cancer, like who do, who thinks cancer at, you know, 17 years old. And um, and then the doctor was like, well, it's a, it's a type of cancer. And I was like, and then like your heart just sinks, right? And like, it was just like, such a heavy thing to hear. And then my mom starts bawling and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I thought. Right. right? And, uh, mm-hmm. and so basically, um, you know, they had to do more tests to make sure they were 99% sure, but they had to be a hundred percent sure. And, um, so they did more tests. I had to get like a few, um, biopsies done a couple, like one surgery on my neck and they got out a tumor and sure enough, it was cancer. And so, Two weeks later, I started chemotherapy and I did chemo for six months. And then, you know, I've been in remission and, and for five years and now I'm cancer free. So that blows me away that your mom would have a dream that would lead to the discovery. I'm telling you. That's fascinating. When I tell people that story and I don't tell many people that story because it's not like, you know, people are like, they, they don't believe it because it just sounds, but it was my mom. It was my mom that said that that lady came to her and I'm like, mm. see, I told you you're a witch. Like it's for sure. <laughs> it's true now. <laughs> I want to hear more about that, but first we're going to take a quick break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. So you're in high school, you find this out. Um, I also read that you lost all your hair, which was probably a a big identity loss in some ways, I would imagine, right? Like, um, what was that season like for you? you, Did you go back to school? Were you kind of carrying on as best you could or what what happened from there? Well, I was diagnosed in May of grade 12, right? So I was almost done. I had all of my credits and basically I was just going to school to go to school. I was taking phys ed, drama and chemistry in my last semester because that's, I was just like, well... I don't want to graduate yet. Just, just I might as well just, yeah, yeah. you know. And <laughs> yeah. so I didn't have to go back to school. Um, and I mean, I, there's no way that I could have, anyways, you know, because it was just, mm-hmm. it was so hard. Chemotherapy is like a really, like, intense treatment. You know, like you're sick for like a week after treatment, and you know you're like weak and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I, I was doing music since I was three years old. Right. And so music was really like healing and therapeutic for me. Thank God I knew how to play guitar and had already started writing songs because like, I never told anyone how I was feeling during that time. I was like, cause I was always like, okay, well, I got to be strong for my family because like, 
they're not strong. Like everybody's like worried. Like it was, it was like a really hard time on my mom and my dad and all that sort of stuff. And I couldn't imagine cause I'm a mom and I'm like, Oh, that'd be like the worst thing ever. Um, but, uh, I had music and that was amazing. But, um, you know, at times it was hard to sing too, you know, because like it was in my chest. Right. So it took a lot to be able to sing. Um, and, uh, so I, you know, that was like a really big healing thing for me and losing my hair. I mean, I'd never cut my hair ever since I was, I've never cut my hair when I was little, like it was always just trim. Right. So it had like long, long hair down to my butt. And so losing my hair, we had a shaving party to try and make light of things. And, um, and all of my friends and my mom and my sister, we all just bawled the whole time. Cause it was just so sad, you know? And I just felt like, I felt mm. like I looked like a, looked like a monster after my hair fell off, you know, mm. cause I was already looking sick and all that sort of stuff. Right. And, uh, it was a very traumatizing time for sure. Um, but, mm. uh, you know, I learned a lot too, because, you know, when you're going through chemotherapy, you're meeting all of these incredible people, um, like that are getting chemo at the same time, you know? And so there'd be people beside me that were given like three months to live or three weeks to live or a year to live. And we would just talk. And, um, and like, I was kind of like the cheerleader in the hospital, the nurses would come and like bring, they'd be like, Hey, you know, you're such a ray of sunshine. Can you this person's having a really hard time. Can you come and like brighten their day? And I still have a girl that we would, our chemo sessions would be on the same time. And she still reaches out to me and like, she thanks me for, you know, getting her through the hard times because I think that was just, you know, Mm. when you take focus off of yourself and like, you know, you just want to help other people. Cause I knew that I was going to be okay. Right. Like, the doctors said like, it's an easy cancer to beat. It's the one that you'd want to get. Um, Hmm. and so like, you know, like you have like a 79% chance of surviving. And I was like, well, that's not terrible, you know? And that's still an A, I think, right? (laughs) An A or a B plus? I think think 79 (laughs) is a, is a B plus. Yeah. 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 B plus. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, you know, I, I just, kind of focused on other people and, and I learned so many incredible people. And I was like, you know, like, cause I, at the end, like when I was, when I didn't know that I had cancer, I was like, okay, well, I'm either going to go to school to be a nurse or I'm going to do a music full time. Um, and I was like, Oh, music, you can't do music full time, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. and then after I was diagnosed with cancer was when I was like, you know what, I'm going to do what I love for the rest of my life because I don't know when my last day is going to be. And also too, like there's people that I became really close with in, um, going through chemo and some of them died and like, it was like the most heartbreaking thing ever mm. because they were my age. And I remember thinking that, you know what, they can't go right. and follow their dreams. So I have almost a responsibility mm-hmm. and a duty to follow my own dreams for them. You know, if I'm not going to do it for myself, I better do it for the people that don't get to do that, you know? Mm. So it was a very, yeah. that, that's a big statement. I think about that all the time. Like, like I, I heard somebody, they say the other day, I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I'm going to get this wrong. Something to, along the lines of like, just your, your merely your existence here uh, should be enough for you to want to go out and live the best life because there are far more reasons why you shouldn't mm-hmm. be here. And it's like, oh yeah. And I've thought that way too, where it's like, I feel like I have a responsibility for those that don't have this opportunity to to do this and to do what we're doing. And, and if you have this, 
um, this passion, this fire, this thing that you want to do, I feel like you kind of owe it to those that can't in some ways. I, I, that resonates totally. with me for sure. Like, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. I, I will think back to those people sometimes, like even now still, because um, obviously it was a huge thing in my life. And that's like one of the drivers that I have to keep on going is because, you know, I, first of all, I want to be able to um, show people that no matter what, you can do whatever you put your mind to, you know, like just chase your dreams. Um, and, uh, I think back to those people that didn't have the opportunity to do it. And that's like the biggest, the biggest, uh, fire, I guess, under my butt. Being that, that ray of light, uh, in amongst those that were sort of, you know, terminally ill, where does that come from for you? Like, obviously you, you had this diagnosis, you didn't allow your mind to go, well, this is going to kill me. You said, I think I can yeah. beat this. But where does that come from, this idea of being a ray of sunshine or a light to others? Where I mean, does that I come don't from? know. That's just what people told me that that's like, you know, they were they were like, I think I've always been a really positive person, you know? I remember like the first conversation that I had with my uncle, my mom's brother, because he came down to Edmonton. Um, he's only lived two hours away from Edmonton. And so he came down when we all found out that I was diagnosed with cancer, where he was really emotional though. And I was like, don't worry. I was like, I'm not going to die. I'm going to mm. be okay. And it was just, it was just an like a knowing, right? I just, I was like, this is, this mm. is a lesson for me. This is, I'm, I'm going to take this experience and this opportunity to grow and be a better person. And I'm going to run with it. And I think too, mm. like part of the reason of me wanting to, um, go in and kind of bring like joy and positivity to people was to just kind of not think about my own, like worries, you know, because like, even though you're a positive person, it's always like, well, what if, you know what I mean? What if things take a turn for the worst or something? You know what I mean? If I can help make someone's day brighter or better, or just put a smile on their face, then, you know, that's, that's an amazing thing to be able to do. Hmm. It sounds like to me too, that you had, uh, you know, both having the shaving party and having your mom there and your uncles and then people sort of gathered around you. Was that a big thing around that time too? Obviously oh, people yeah. being around. Oh like yeah, I had a, a huge support system, you know, which was absolutely incredible. My dad flew to Edmonton every chemo session. Like he flew from Hudson Bay, he drove to Saskatoon and then flew from Saskatoon mm. to Edmonton. And he came for every session. My mom was there, my sister was there, um, my grandma and aunt, they all came up when they first found out, you know, and it was always just like, I had Mm -hmm. like, my family is incredible. They're amazing. And, you know, I looked, and I also too, I looked around when people, when I was getting chemo and other people were getting chemo and some people never had anybody with them. And like, that's another Mm. reason that I wanted to go and like, you know, bring positivity to people because I was like, I have all these people, you know, that love and support me. Like I need to go and give some to people that don't have it, you know, because that really broke my heart. You know, I'm like, this is like a really tough yeah. experience for anybody. And some people don't have anybody. Well, I need to go and be that somebody for that person, you know? A lot of people that that we chat with here have found ways to use their misfortunes and serve others, people, other people with it and through it. Um, and I find that is is the, at least for me, uh, the best way I can live my life is knowing that my, my life is here I'm present to be in service mm-hmm. of others. And, uh, that's, that's definitely a common thing when I, when I chat with people on this show, uh, and I, and I'm definitely getting that sense from you that you're, yeah. you're wanting to serve. I think that's like the whole thing about music too. You know, I first realized what music can do when I was seven years old when my parents separated and, um, my dad, we used to listen to that Kevin Sharp song called nobody knows it, but me, do you remember that song? 
Uh, he, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's like a heartbreak song, yeah. and so basically, it's a breakup song. And I remember, like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm an empathetic person. I've always been. And at seven years old, I remember my dad listening to this song on repeat, and I knew exactly what my dad was feeling without him talking about his feelings because he never talked about his feelings. And I remember, like, wow, that's what music can do for people, you know. And then when mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with cancer, obviously, I wrote a lot about my own cancer experiences. Like, I wrote. Um, a song called uh, um, Runaway, because that's what I wanted to do when I first got to like my first chemo experience. I was like, I don't want to be here. Like, I want to run, you know? And then I wrote a song probably like halfway through my chemo experience called Does God Really Care? Um, and it was because like of all the people that I've seen in in the, obviously I know that God cares and I'm, I am a spiritual person. I believe in God. And and uh, I just, but I was like, you know, really questioning it because I was like, all these incredible people like going through such a hard time and they're like dying, you know, like what's the point of, that? Mm. you know, and I really had a hard time with mm. that. And I wrote the song and so I would go out to these songwriter nights um, when I was feeling well enough to do that. And I'd play these songs and I'd go to church and I'd play these songs and people would come up to me like adults like men and women and they'd be like, you know, I had cancer or somebody that I know has had cancer. And like, I've always felt this way, but like, I never knew how to describe it. And you, you did it for me. So like, thank you. People would thank me for that. And I was like, Mm. this is like, this is my purpose. You know, like this is why I'm supposed to do music. And this is why I went through this experiences so that I can, you know, do this and give this to other people, like be a voice for other people. That song you mentioned a moment ago made me think of, I, I, I wrote a song, my shameless plug here, I wrote a song last year mm-hmm. called What Were You Thinking? Uh, and it's sort of directed to God and it's sort of like talks about these these things that happen and it's like, God, if you're there, mm-hmm. where were you in this in this season, mm-hmm. in this thing? And um, yeah, I haven't I haven't put it out, but maybe maybe it'll come. Um, but I, I was going to ask you, sort of, what what comes next? So then you had you had gone through the chemo, uh, and you you went into remission, and you're cancer free now for how long? Like it's been so it's been 15 years. Like it'll be 15 years remission, like okay. or cancer free now um, in October. So yeah. Okay. And and there's been no have you have you gone for other tests and things along the way just to make sure yeah, that everything stays good. Yeah, you have to for the first good? five years after um you're done chemotherapy, you have to go for um like a six months checkup for the first five years. And yeah, everything's okay. been really good, you know. And I've obviously taken like a lot of steps mm-hmm. to keep my body alkaline and um you know be healthy and and all that sort of stuff. So it's uh never want to go back there. So, um, I just want to, you know, it was a learning experience, learned a lot, move on and hopefully, you know, everything stays good. I wanted to ask you about your, your parents. So you, you've mentioned your mom and your dad, your stepdad or your stepdad. Yeah. Um, are they all still with you? Are they mm-hmm, still in yeah. your sphere? Um, my, yeah. uh, you know, my parents actually, so, you know, when the pandemic hit, um, we, Eric and I were living in Nashville, Tennessee, and um, I li- I'd lived there for five years. Absolutely loved it. It was like the first time in my life that I felt like this is where I'm meant to be, you know? And uh, and so the pandemic hit, we um, lost our publishing draw, which is like, you know, your monthly draw for publishing. We still had our publishing deals. We just lost the payment just because everybody right. was in hard times, right? So we had to leave Nashville. Well, we moved into a van um, uh, for like the year. And then... Um, it is epic. Pretty yeah, epic. We were wild for sure. Um, 
but we, we so we did that call it was called love on the road we toured all across canada five times playing shows backyard social distance um then it was amazing we put a stage on the roof it was so much fun like I would like recommend if anybody ever thought about living in a van, like you should do it. Like, and I do sometimes, sometimes I just miss like being in the van. Cause it was so cool. You park and then you open the doors and it's like this gorgeous scenery everywhere. Right. But, um, then mm. when we got pregnant with Wilder, I was like, I'm not living in a van with a baby. Sorry. Like <laughs> I'm not doing that. And so my parents were gracious enough to, um, let us live with them for two years. Um, and that was, you know, obviously amazing of them. And, you know, they still take Wilder all the time um, in Edmonton. And um, my mm-hmm. dad's in uh, Hudson Bay, so I don't see him as much. But uh, yeah, they're all super supportive and awesome people. I got to know how many times, and this is a bit of a dated joke, but did people say to you down guys, living in a van down by <laughs> the river? Did that come up? All the time. That come up every day? Every, and like Eric was the <laughs> person that like when we'd be at shows, like he'd always say, yeah, we're living in a van down by the river. And I'm like, this is getting way too old. Like you were saying this all the time. Literally everybody right. said it to us. It was just, I mean, we made a joke out of it. So it was funny. Well, if you beat right. them to the punchline, yeah, they'll exactly. leave you alone. Yeah. yeah. That's maybe what it is. Yeah. That, that must've been an adventure because I remember watching social media and seeing you guys getting ready and doing the build and, and the, the, the retrofitting the van for being able to be lived in. And that's so cool. So you've been through cancer yeah. You lived in a van down by the river for a while. Yeah. You've now got a son. Uh, music career is going well. You got a new single ho- out now. What's what's down the road for for Kelsey Kulik? If you would ask me that question, like you know, two years ago, I probably would have been like, "Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know what's what's going to happen." But um, we have three more singles in the bucket, and I'm really excited about this next season of music because, like, I find it's like the direction that I've always wanted to go. And I did go with my first self-titled record, but it's like a little bit more that way. And, um, you know, I'm still obviously writing a bunch, which is amazing. I love doing that and playing shows. Um, We're actually going to be going to Spain this year. Eric and I were playing a country music festival out in Spain. So we're really excited about that. But yeah, I want to release a record um, in September. So I've got a few, a few more songs to record and uh, you know, just, Doing, doing the thing, going full force. Kelsey, honestly, thank you so much for for sharing all that with us. You know, I think this this podcast, you know, we aim to sort of help people through through these stories and whatever it is that they're going through. And I think sometimes people see the face, they see what you do, and they don't always know the story behind. You've been pretty open with your story all, all along, and I think that's that's definitely um, a gift that you offer people, kind of being that that hard on your sleeve type of artist in person. Um, but I, I know that these kinds of conversations help a lot of folks out there that are listening that... Um, that just need to know they're not alone in the struggles that they're going through. And uh, so, so thanks for sharing. Well, thank you for having a platform for one, for people to share their stories and to hopefully inspire somebody out there and for just being like an all around great guy, Don, you're always just seriously such an amazing person and you're a great artist. And I just, you know, I admire you and, uh, and everything that you do. And, and thank you for having me on the show. And it was really nice to talk to you. Thanks, Kelsey. And I look forward to, uh, seeing you and Eric and, and Wilder down the road sometime soon. Yes, you too, Don. Take care. As I always say, it takes a village to run things here at Through the Fire. And I want to thank my village, executive producer Sarah Burke, administrators Lori Brown and Alan Grayeyes, video and audio design by Chris Godry and his team at 44 Films, Feisty Creative for their design work, 
Social media support by Johnson Design Company. And last, but far from least, I want to thank our technical producers, Matt Kundal and Evan Serminski from the Sound Off Media Company. I look forward to sharing more great conversations just like this one on the next Through the Fire. You see the light. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.